Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how are we doing on this Tuesday morning? Man, I'm fired up. Football's around the corner, but there's so much recruiting stuff going on. And, you know, there's recruiting news every day. There's commitments coming up. There's surprise commitments. Could be one or two today, maybe. Uh, strange. You know, the summer used to be more quiet, but now it's just full of recruiting. Yeah, I said Tuesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> a lot of, actually you could have sounded real smart we could have released this and acted like we recorded it tuesday morning and you were correct on <laughs> alabama right. getting a commitment yesterday um that's right no it, yeah it is wednesday i've already i'm already getting my days confused it's all running together like it typically does but that's okay big week big you know last eight or nine days for alabama especially four commitments on the recruiting trail that's what we're going to be talking about today i mean impressive haul man what do, what do you think about it well, uh, you know, the, they'll end up being 25 guys or so in the class. I know this year there is no limit to how many you can sign. You know, you can sign as many as you want. Uh, well, I say you can sign as many as you want. You can't go over 85, uh, but you but the 25 limit number is out. But I do think, Clint, most teams are still going to sign right around 25. I, I think that's going to end up being the right number for most schools, including Alabama. So, uh There'll be a lot of big names down the road. But in terms of what they've added so far, Tony Mitchell is certainly a huge, huge name. He's an in-state five-star that at one time even admitted in his interviews uh, this past week that, you know, he was looking to go out of state. We know that that means Texas A&M. Alabama sort of had to win him over. And they did. Now he's in the fold. and, uh, And that's big. Uh, the linebacker uh, last evening that, that committed uh, Justin Jefferson, who tweeted out his commitment last night, uh, Tuesday night. Interesting player, Clint. Uh, I, I'm interested to know what you think about a six foot, 205 pound linebacker. <laughs> not a safety, uh, not a corner, uh, but six foot, 205. He's going to play inside linebacker at Alabama. And while some people are going to get immediately turned off by that, it's just yet another obvious sign that football has just really changed. It has really changed, yeah. And, I mean, it's not surprising to me at all. I knew that Alabama was high on him. I knew they wanted him. I knew that he was starting to heat up as far as maybe, you know, committing to Alabama. I hadn't gotten the opportunity to go and watch him play and watch, you know, his highlights and stuff. Had heard that he had done very well at some camps that he had been going to recently, and that's really where a lot of his momentum was was happening. So, after he committed last night, typically you and I both like to give our expert opinion, and that usually includes, you know, going and watching the tape. For me, I hadn't had a chance to watch him yet. I did last night. I made that a priority around midnight. Finally, hopped on there and started watching. And yeah, I totally get it. 
Um, he does not have a ranking right now, according to on three. I don't think he really has a ranking anywhere right now, but that's going to change. He's, he's one of the most coveted Juco prospects in the country. And that's another no kind of element of this that I wanted to talk about. Alabama's not done. You know, they're going to utilize every Avenue. If that's the high school level, if that's the transfer portal, Juco still a part of that as well. Um, and I think that that's important to note because I have gotten a lot of questions about, you know, do you think that Alabama is still going to target the Juco level? pretty heavily and I mean Malik Benson's another one that's probably going to be a potential member of the class obviously right. Justin Jefferson not to be confused with the wide receiver out of LSU even though I'm sure a lot of people would love to have him in the fold as well Justin Jefferson I'll on, take the, it. Justin I'll Jefferson take on the defensive side of the football it's you know, I'll take that too yeah I mean great player very good player gets downhill in a hurry man the closing speed is absolutely there and it's interesting because when you evaluate linebackers, you know, in the past, it has been about, you know, size. But when you actually look at the traits that you want, guys who can, you know, good instincts, guys who just seem to be able to locate the football, the guys who can, when they see it, they can get there in a hurry. The ability to stack and shed when you got to take on offensive linemen. I think uh, Justin Jefferson does a lot of that extremely well. I was actually surprised being a 205-pound linebacker how well that he can, you know, take on offensive linemen and get off blocks. He's not going to be, you know, an elite guy in that area. But when you, you know, are comparing him to a guy that's 230 pounds, 235 pounds, I mean, he can do it with, you know, as well as a lot of those guys. And it's going to be different doing it in the SEC against SEC offensive linemen compared to doing it on the high school level or the JUCO level, which is what he's, you know, done up to this point. But I, I was thoroughly impressed. But it's his athleticism. It's the speed. You know, I, I – Reuben Foster to this day, I'm not sure that I've ever seen a linebacker who, when he saw it, it was like in the blink of an eye, you know, he could be 10 yards away from it. But as soon as his eyes saw where the football was going, it would take 0.2 seconds for him to get there. I'm not going to say Justin Jefferson's that level, but I will say when he sees it, he gets there in a hurry. And I think that that athleticism is very important. If Alabama can continue to, you know, they need to recruit the defensive line extremely well. They need to get more of the, the Ashawn Robinsons, the Jonathan Allens, you know, that caliber of player along the, the defensive front. But if they can get some guys who can command a lot of attention up front and you get a guy like Justin Jefferson who can stack and shed, he can take on offensive linemen. He does a lot of things well. He sees the, the field well, good recognition skills. But if you let him kind of free flow to the football, I think that you're going to get a heck of a playmaker and a guy who, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to come in and start next year because I think, you know, even though you're losing Henry Toto, even though you're losing, uh, you know, Jalen Moody doesn't mean, and, and he is a Juco guy. So you would expect those players to come in and contribute, not necessarily to start though. He could be a sub package linebacker. That's certainly a possibility, or, you know, he can very much be involved in that conversation. You know, with this size, one thing that sticks out to me, Clint, is our current inside linebacker, current Mike linebacker, Henry Toa Toa. I'll be real interested to see come NFL measurement time exactly what the NFL measures Toa Toa at. And then Justin Jefferson isn't going to play for Alabama at his size today. He's going to spend some substantial time at Alabama before he ever plays in a game. And I think is likely to get bigger and heavier. Uh, maybe even quickly at Alabama. I won't be surprised, Clint, if Toa Toa and Justin Jefferson are basically the same size at the time they leave Alabama, you know, because uh, right. I think Henry's going to be maybe 6'1", 
maybe 220, but probably short of both. <laughs> and, 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 and Justin Jefferson is, is, as we know, six foot 205 based on what he uh, was at LSU's camp couple weeks ago when uh, we were we were privy to his measurements there a little over six foot right at 205 I, I think under 61 under 220 will be his size at Alabama so we we know Toho Toho is extremely effective at that size and Justin Jefferson can be too and if anything Jefferson runs better than Henry does so I think that's uh exciting I, I do think that he's a strong candidate to start I would question Alabama if they're signing a JUCO kid that they don't project as a starter. But there does look like outstanding competition there for that spot because you're going to return uh, Kendrick Blackshire. You're going to return Deontay Lawson. Jihad Campbell will have now been there a year. Sean Murphy will have been there a year. So between those guys and, and throwing Ian Jackson, uh, you know, uh, that that's a lot of competition. But I don't think Alabama should sign JUCO players unless they're like, okay, this guy's going to come in and, and be a starter. Uh, I, I would, I would think that's their plan. Uh, but again, he's going to have to beat out a pretty good player to do it. Uh, one last thing, interesting that Alabama's likely to end up with two JUCOs in this class. I really believe Clint with the transfer portal becoming what it did in such a quick period of time and, and this college football free agency I kind of thought one of the unintended consequences was going to be the death of junior college football because why sign a kid that impressed you at Pearl River when you can sign a kid who impressed you at North Carolina State? You know, uh, so I, I guess to some extent, I'm a little wrong about that. Junior college football is still alive and well. Well, one thing about it is a lot of guys end up on the JUCO level because they don't qualify academically. And if they don't qualify academically for your school, in a lot of cases, not every case, but they're going to have a hard time qualifying academically at other places as well. And so they have to go the JUCO route. But, you know, they were certainly talented enough to end up at your school. They were talented enough to end up at a lot of other D1 schools. And so just because they end up having to go the JUCO route doesn't mean that that talent just went away. Uh, it's really got, you know, you have certain players who maybe get overlooked and they have to go the JUCO route to, you know, get themselves more exposure and try to get that exposure at least. But then you've got a lot of other guys just simply getting the academic ducks in a row. And, you know, with Jordan Jefferson, you think about Christian Harris. And what people need to understand is that six-foot, 205-pound listing, that's a camp environment. You know, that's a combine-type setting where you're going to get a lot more accurate size weights, right? NFL rosters, not really, but especially college rosters, high school rosters, they're always going to fudge, right? I mean, you look at Christian Harris. He was listed at six-foot-two on Alabama's roster gets to the combine he's six foot half an inch he's an inch and a half shorter than he was granted he was 226 pounds but at the same time the height difference is what i'm really talking about here so you know there, i've seen places that have had justin jefferson listed at six one really i would probably say six foot is more accurate but don't be alarmed because that's not a whole lot smaller it's half an inch smaller than christian harris was now the difference you know you, you compare a guy like justin jefferson and his play style is somewhat similar to a Reuben Foster. Uh, it's somewhat similar to Christian Harris, where there's some speed, there's some athleticism, there's big hitting involved. Um, I wouldn't quite say, I don't know if you remember Trey Blackman, but he was a five-star yeah. that ended up going to Auburn. One yeah. of the best defensive high school highlight tapes I've ever seen. I mean, the guy was just a rocket. Um, and I, 
Yeah, and I remember, yeah, he was right around that same size, six foot, 205, 210. Never really panned out too much for Auburn. Uh, you know, played and, and did some things, but was never the five-star Mr. Everything that some people thought he was going to to be. But, um, you know, he was one of those high school highlights that I kind of fell in love with early in my keeping up with the recruiting days back in, you know, when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school. But, you know, the difference between Ruben Foster and Christian Ayers is both those guys were like 240-plus coming in. And then over the course of their careers, Alabama kind of moved them in the opposite direction. You know, I think uh, Ruben Foster was like 229 by the time he was a a senior at Alabama. Christian Harris was, you know, 226 at the combine. So I think that all three of their frames and size and where I think they ultimately end up I think it's going to be very similar I could see a six foot 220 225 you know by the time he's done at Alabama and that will still be considered undersized but he's a free-flowing football who you don't want you know it it can stack and shed okay but he's not going to be a guy that you're going to want playing the mic position in a three four where he's essentially taking on a, a guard on every single play you know you want him more you know four three weak side linebacker free flowing to the football that kind of thing and I think that he would be just fine in that area. But Alabama, A, I think he has a, a chance to make a huge impact on special teams. But then also, I think, talk about being a sub-package linebacker, being a cover guy, but then the fact, you know, he can do a lot of different things for you. So I think Alabama's they have an idea of how they're going to utilize him. You know, Alabama's got a plan for him, and he, he'll end up being just fine. I like the addition, even though he doesn't have a ranking, even though he's a JUCO guy. I think Alabama got a steal, and like you said, you can look at all the other schools who were targeting him, Texas A&M, Florida, LSU, and he was a highly coveted guy by a lot of people. So it was a good get for Alabama. Let's talk about some of these other guys, though, because on Sunday we both got the text from Joseph that was talking about you know Tony Mitchell, and he thinks he's going to commit pretty soon. Then we get the elephant emoji from Pete Golding, and we are all start going ahead and preparing. It's like, okay, it's, it's happening sooner than we thought. We knew it was going to be happening over the next couple of days. And then Brayson Hubbard, the three-star player who a lot of people, you have been on him. You've talked about him quite a bit, but a lot of people didn't know a whole lot about Hubbard. He ends up committing, and everybody, you know, I guess we all thought, well, we were wrong. Uh, It was the wrong player. And then here a couple hours later, it's Tony Mitchell. So it was a big Sunday for Alabama. You know, what were your thoughts on not only adding Hubbard, you know, what were your thoughts on Alabama adding him and adding Tony Mitchell? Well, two entirely different types of players right I mean Tony Mitchell's the five star anybody would take him I mean he had offers from everybody he could he you know you know he had offers from everybody from Texas A&M to Ohio State to the Green Bay Packers I mean you know he he's he is a uh check every box fantastic player got a lot of swag the comps for him are silly And, and by that I mean when I watch him play and I'm trying to compare him to somebody I want to make an Alabama comparison, and I'm like, I don't know, Deion Sanders? I mean, that's sort of who he reminds me of. Now, I don't think he runs quite like Deion, but but Tony is a, a he he is exactly what you want in a corner. He's exactly what you want in a safety. I love his versatility. I settled on Minka as my comp for him, if only because of the versatility. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick played basically all six uh, of Alabama's defensive back positions in his career at Alabama. Minka played corner. He played safety. He played star. He played money. He played all of it. Uh, Tony Mitchell could do the same thing. I, 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 I think athletically he could do the same thing. Now, 
What Tony's not going to have, because almost no one has this, is Minka's intangibles, and that's what made makes him the highest-paid safety in the NFL today because Minka combined all that physical skill, the ability physically to play all those DB spots, and then mentally he's a coach on the field. He's Nick Saban. You know, uh, I, I don't know Tony well enough to say he's going to be like Minka, but physically he is a guy capable of being a great player at corner, at safety, at star. Uh, that's a rare thing to me. And and then the fact, Clint, that he's a four-year starter at the premier program in all of Alabama. I mean, that's – so not only does he look like a great prospect, he looks like a great prospect at a place that's hard to do it because he's playing against premium competition not only every Friday night but in practice every day. Uh, I, I just think Tony Mitchell is – almost as can't miss as you get in terms of being a really good college football player very early in his career. Uh, Hubbard is an extremely different situation. Not that Hubbard isn't a great prospect. Alabama clearly thinks so. It's funny to me that people think that Alabama takes a kid like Hubbard because they missed on someone else. Who? Who did they miss on? It's six months till signing day. (laughs) They're signing nothing but the A-list. These are the kids they want. There's no backup choice right now except arguably you know a quarterback I mean there's no backup choice you take in June uh Hubbard is a kid they want uh and, and why he well first of all he's got the the physical uh, tangibles for the position he's built he's built to play safety at six foot one 106 one and a half 190 pounds at a camp so he's already a safety he ran a 4.50 at Alabama's camp on grass, not even indoors. So he's big enough. He's plenty fast. And with him, you've already got these great intangibles because he's a, a quarterback. I mean, quarterbacks know the game better than any kid on the field. And, and I think the fact he hasn't played safety, but he's been playing quarterback is actually a plus and not a negative because quarterbacks understand the game by definition, almost more than everybody else. They have to understand what everybody on the field is doing, everybody on their offense and everybody on the other side of the line of scrimmage on defense. And that's why Coach Bryant used to sign so many high school quarterbacks. And uh, I I think Hubbard is going to be really good. Uh, There's reasons why five stars are five stars and four stars are four stars. Hubbard's a three-star, yes. But I understand the reasons why, because – He's been playing quarterback. He hasn't been playing another position. He doesn't play at a, even though he plays at a big school, he doesn't play at a high profile school. He's also been playing baseball while all these other kids go to football camps. Uh, you add up all that stuff and it says, well, this kid's going to be a three-star. But Alabama doesn't look at him that way at all. Alabama watched him play safety for two hours and said, you know what? You can play safety for us. A hundred percent. I completely agree. And when you look at him, I mean, he's got the size that you look for. He's got the athleticism. He's got the the speed. Does he have elite measurables? No. And the fact that there's such limited tape on him in the secondary, that is going there. And by limited, like non-existent. Zero. And that's why he's going. I mean, how do you, how do you project him to a position that you've never seen him play? Right. So I understand why he's got the rating that he does. Alabama's got to see some clips, and by clips, I mean they were able to get their own eyes on him going through drills, seeing how fluid he looked, how comfortable did he look. But when I look at the camp thing, and Alabama gets him to their camp, they see him for two hours. 
uh, playing a position that he's never, you know, really played, you know, on the high school level, they see the athleticism, they see all that stuff, but what about him in particular made them say, we want this guy. And I don't think it was his, his height. I don't think it was his speed. What could, did he bring to the table in that two hour period that would make them say, we prefer this guy over, you know, there's only so many spots your recruiting class. This is the guy we're going to target to me. Pure speculation. Haven't heard anything. My guess would be competitiveness. Alabama yep. loves competitive guys. And, and if he gets out there and he's playing a new position and he's competing with guys and you can just tell he wants it, he's getting better. You're coaching him up. He's taking what you, you know, are teaching him and he's applying it. He's learning quick. I think that that is the, the kind of player when you mix in, you know, the checking the box, not being elite speed, but checking the box with speed, not elite. I mean, good, really good size, but not elite size, but checks the box there. When you throw in that other stuff that you really can't teach, that's the kind of guy that you're going to want in your locker room. And I think that that could have ended up playing a huge part in why Alabama's coaching staff coveted him so much. Trust the coaching staff. They're pretty, they're pretty damn good at this, Jimmy. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> they've, uh, they've, they've scored on a couple of these lower guys that nobody else wanted. And so I think if you're a fan, you need to go ahead and trust that and say, I think it was a heck of a get on Sunday. Now, the one that we do know is a really good get is Tony Mitchell. And you've already talked about him. And I love the Minka Fitzpatrick comparison. They're not the same player. And, and that's where, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll compare players and it'll be more, you know, how do you utilize them? Do they share some traits? Just because I say, oh, I think that Tony Mitchell and, and Minka Fitzpatrick, there's enough there to, to compare them, doesn't mean that I think that Tony Mitchell is going to be the exact same player as Minka Fitzpatrick. But from a size perspective, from a how he can be used perspective, I compared him more so to Jalen Ramsey, not the Jalen Ramsey that we saw necessarily, you know, with the Jaguars and stuff, playing a lot of perimeter corner. I'm talking about the guy who – Florida State was having a hard time trying to decide, do we want this guy as a perimeter corner? Do we want him as a slot nickel guy? Do we want him as a safety? And we saw him play early in his career, some safety for Florida State, and he was pretty good at it. I'm more so talking about how the the Los Angeles Rams utilized Jalen Ramsey this past year, where he got bumped into the slot nickel. He was physical enough. You know, I, I saw a lot of clips where people were talking about him and said, you know, he was getting bored out there on the perimeter and so sliding him inside to the kind of like a star nickel corner position really was allowing him to stay engaged and, and get in, in on the action. He's a great tackler. He's very physical. He can play, you know, off the line of scrimmage. He can play on the line of scrimmage as far as press. He's got a lot of the same traits that a guy like Tony Mitchell has. But we just what we see is more of a complete product from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but when he was coming out of high school, he had a lot of, you know, similar question marks as far as his game is concerned, things that he needed to work on. And he got to the college level and he, you know, worked on those things. And then he got to the NFL level and he continued to work on those things. So Tony Mitchell, trying to compare Tony Mitchell now as a, about to be a high school senior to Jalen Ramsey, how many, you know, five, four, five, six years into his NFL career, you're not going to be able to make that comparison with any sort of accuracy. But I think that if, you know, Tony Mitchell – is able to progress and stuff and continue to get bigger and stronger. And, you know, I think that he can end up having a very similar impact. But if I was Alabama, the way that you talked about Minka Fitzpatrick, they already have a guy who they've, they're kind of comfortable doing that stuff with, moving him around. But, you know, also I would look at how the Rams used Jalen Ramsey this past year, where he's playing a lot in the nickel. He's playing some safety. 
He's uh, there are certain situations, especially on the goal line, you want his size and physicality out there on the perimeter. So they put him as a perimeter corner in those situations. I think you could do something similar with Tony Mitchell, and I think you would do pretty well at it. So really like that. And, and just with Alabama losing Jordan Battle, they're going to lose DeMarco Hellams. They could lose Brian Branch. If somehow everybody that's predicting, you know, Malachi Moore saying he's the projected first round pick, you know, despite the limited, you know, playing time, not, I'm, I wouldn't say it's too limited, but, it, you know, not having a consistent starting role. If he's able to have enough of an impact to go on to the NFL after this year, that's another, you know, star nickel guy, you know, safety hybrid that you could potentially lose. So Alabama, the timing of getting a guy like Tony Mitchell, I think that that's, you know, this is perfect as far as, you know, the, what they need to be targeting for next year's class. Yeah, Alabama could really be wiped out at defensive back by a graduation in the NFL. Really could be. You're losing all, all you know you're losing battle. You're, you're almost certainly losing Helms. Uh, you know you're, you're probably losing Ricks, uh, even at, at corner. Uh, you could lose Branch. You could lose Malachi. Uh, yeah, Alabama needs to bring in some DBs because you could be sort of starting over there next year. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I think Hubbard is more of a year or two down the road guy, and he's going to be big time, I think, a year or two down the road, whereas Tony Mitchell might be a, plug and play guy i mean he he could show up a starter i think hubbard's gonna take a little time just simply because he hasn't played a lot of safety and i think a year learning the system playing on the scout team uh, a spring practice or two uh i think he's got to get that under his feet before he's ready to be a starter tony mitchell he he could show up and be alabama's start you know he could replace jordan battle next season uh, he could replace Eli Ricks next season. I, I think he's capable of that. I'm not going to say I project it, uh, but I do think that Tony Mitchell's capable of, of something like that. I'm right there with you. And I think that Tony Mitchell, you know, I think he's got a little bit of work to do. I wouldn't automatically assume that he'd come in and make the same kind of impact Minka did in his first season. It's possible. And he's, we got to remember, he's still got an entire senior year to work on a lot of this stuff. And, you know, if he can improve, then, yeah, I certainly think he could come in and end up having an immediate impact for Alabama. It's more so that the opportunity is certainly going to be there. If he's ready to go, if he can earn the coaching staff's trust, more than likely, you know, there's some players. I'm not saying that just because Alabama's losing all these guys. I mean, you know, the, the Christian Story is a guy who we're expecting to step up. You know, Terry and Arnold is a guy that, whether it's a corner, whether he gets moved to safety, you know, we expect him to be able to step up. More than likely, in my opinion, you're going to have Malachi Moore. You know, you might lose Brian Branch, um, but even if you do, I think you're probably going to have Malachi Moore. He could shift to safety and, and fill one of those voids. He could stay at star. You're going to have, um, you know, Earl Little Jr., who we're, we, you know, we believe a year in the strength and conditioning program, I think would really do wonders for him. But as far as his on-field play, I think he's pretty darn close to being ready to contribute right now. It's just he might not have the opportunity, but whether that's at star, perimeter corner, um, you know, I think he'll be a guy who is certainly in the mix come 2023, depending on what happens with some other guys. So, yeah, I think right now it's just adding as much quality talent, guys that you think could be an option, kind of like the offensive line. We don't know exactly who the five starters are going to be, but we know that they've accumulated enough guys where you can say, okay, regardless, I think they're going to end up finding five pretty darn good guys. And we think the offensive line is going to improve. 
that's kind of the way I would view the secondary, even though the secondary, I think even a little bit more. So I think there's still some question marks based off of how the offensive line performed last year. That doesn't make it a direct comparison, but as far as you saying, you know, Hey, we're, we got a, just a ton of talent in that safety room and that star room and that corner room. Let's just figure out who goes where, who ends up being the starters, who ends up being the contributors. That's really the only question mark that you would have at that point. Cause I think that you would have enough talent in the room to be able to make it work and, and piece together a very good secondary. So, um, and then, you know, Wilkin Formby, do you have any thoughts on him? You know, he committed, uh, I want to say it was uh, on June 20th, maybe June 21st, something like that. It was just over a week ago. Uh, but you know, he was kind of the one that really started to get the ball rolling as far as the month of June for Alabama. So, uh, just real quick, what are your thoughts on him? Was well, a national top 100 player, which makes him elite, which makes him a big time get, I think because he's local, uh, literally as local as it gets, some fans tend to, uh, minimize that and, and not get as excited about a guy because he's local, which is kind of silly when you think about it. I mean, if the same exact kid was in San Antonio, Texas, and we signed Will Conformby from San Antonio, Texas, who's the 93rd ranked prospect in the country, and he's 6'8", 310, uh, and highly aggressive. Uh, yeah, we'd be fired up, you know. Uh, I, I think Wilkins really good. I, I think with him, I could talk about him for 10 minutes, but I, I think with him, I think there is such a good comp out there. I wish I'd thought of it myself. I'm stealing it from somebody else, and I can't even remember who I stole it from, so Hopefully, whoever I stole it from is listening to the show. Hey, sorry about that. Uh, boy, you had a, a stroke of brilliance there, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking this from you. Uh, but to me, there is a like an obvious comp. And I, I think not only is Wilkin just like this kid, I'm projecting Wilkin to have a career like this kid, which means eventually being an all-SEC player and a kid that's drafted into the NFL and a kid that plays several seasons in the NFL while never rising to the level of superstar NFL Hall of Fame Pro Bowl. I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying he's going to win the out one at Alabama. I'm just saying by his junior or senior year, he's an all-SEC kid. Then he gets drafted in the second or third round, and he plays six or eight years in the NFL. And who I'm describing is Wesley Britt. And I think that's really who Wilkin Formby is. Uh, I think Wilkin is, is similarly sized. He's a similar athlete. They play with a similar disposition on the field. Uh, and, and Wesley Britt showed up ranked in about the same spot, maybe a bit higher, but roughly they're projected about the same in terms of what they were coming out of high school, uh, similar offer lists, similar recruitments, uh, and I think, uh, and I mean it as a compliment, Wesley Britt was a, an all-SEC player and then an NFL player. And that, that's what I think Wilkin will be. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good comp. I like that. And, you know, we, we, a lot of Wesley Britt's limitations as far as, you know, how his career finished at Alabama and how his NFL career went was that broken leg against Tennessee. That really, Perfect. yeah, like that really changed. You know, he was a fifth-round pick to the New England Patriots back in like 05, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he probably would have went a lot higher than that, but he just, he, I don't think he ever fully recaptured who he was prior to that injury and, and the trajectory that he was on. So when you make the comparison, you know, to, to form B, think Wesley Britt without suffering that injury and, and, exactly. what, and, what, and what he could have been. And for me, you know, a guy that I think is very similar and I'm not right now. And I really 
don't like when people do this. Um, and I've been doing it a lot lately, but it, I really, when people ask me about, especially high school recruits, just, you know, who can this player be, you know, who similar, not saying the exact same player. There's a lot of factors that go into making these guys, these guys, you know, Tony Mitchell, Jalen Ramsey, that kind of comparison, Justin Jefferson to a Christian Harris or a Reuben Foster. These are who they can be if things go right. And with form B, I see elements of Andrew Whitworth as far as, you know, high school size length. He's got length for days, good mover, plays with an edge, kind of has a little bit of a nastiness to him. I think getting him to Tuscaloosa, I mean, getting him 10 minutes away from where he's at right now, um, (laughs) and getting him in that college strength and conditioning program for a year or two is going to do wonders for him. And I think that with his attitude and the way that he plays the game, if he continues to want to get better, you know, I've seen some comparisons to Matt Womack. Don't really like those comparisons too much because he's such a, a, a more fluid, better mover. And, you yeah. know, you can compare size and do all that stuff, but if you don't have the movement, then the comparison can't exist because that is what limited Matt Womack, in my opinion. If he would have been had everything else the same, but he would have just been a much better athlete and a better mover and, and could pull, you know, because when he played guard, he, you know, he was asked to pull, and he's just a very clunky mover had trouble in space. If you hand him a bunch of athleticism that he didn't have previously have, he's potentially a first round pick. So I mean, that's yeah, it's I such like an that Womack thing was silly. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not I'm not ripping on Womack by any means. I'm just saying this. Alabama did a great job evaluating Womack because he ended up being a starter on the national championship team in 2017. So yep. Alabama's evaluation and paid off. Ole Miss and Mississippi State were not going to take Matt Womack. He was right. a pa- they were passing on Womack, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So he that's the definition of a three-star. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he couldn't even go. Alabama, like, hey, we think there's a dude in here, and Alabama was right, and Ole Miss and Mississippi State were wrong. But the point is, Wilkin could have committed to Oklahoma. Oklahoma wanted him really badly. He went to Oklahoma multiple times. When he'd go to Oklahoma, he rode with Venables and Venables' car. I mean, Oklahoma had Wilkin near the top of their board, you know, uh, he, he was just recruited at a completely different universe than uh, than Womack, who was just an exceptional three-star evaluation by Alabama. But Formby's too big time for that comparison, in my, my opinion. Yeah, I just one of the most important traits, the difference between the two is that that athleticism. And I think it's too big of a difference. It makes up too big of a difference as far as their, you know, where they could be for you to make the comparison. So, uh, you know, but a lot of people are going to see Alabama off at the tackle, you know, the size, the length, you know, the the fact that, you know, form being one of these five-star top 10 prospects like Alabama signs a lot, even though he's a top 100 guy. I mean, he doesn't get that, that same recognition, I don't guess, and the fact that he's a local kid. I think a lot of people just, they are automatically, they, that somehow they dock him for it. And yeah. I agree. I don't really necessarily agree with, with making that, you know, Doc, just due to where he's located. But I think it was a great gift for Alabama, Justin Jefferson, Tony Mitchell, Brayson Hubbard. These are all four guys who are good, solid, foundational pieces to Alabama's recruiting class. I don't know if you've noticed, but they're hitting heavy on the defensive side of the football. They got an edge commitment. They got an off-ball linebacker. They got, you know, a couple of, you know, I guess four defensive backs now. And they're, you know, going to continue to target high-quality players at all four levels. They're, they're needing that defensive line, you know, a Peter Wood, the James Smith, you know, a Kelby Collins. 
it's time to start, you know, getting some of those guys in the fold. But this defensive recruiting class, I think, is going to come together very nicely uh, for Alabama, you know, depending on how things finish. But we only got a couple of more minutes, two more minutes, because this thing likes to cut us off. So we'll kind of leave it there. But I'll give you a chance, any quick final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? No, just everybody that loves recruiting, keep paying attention. There could be commitments today. There are some scheduled as soon as next week. Alabama's in good shape for a lot of these kids that have scheduled announcements. Just pay attention to the Bama on three uh, news and message boards, and you'll you'll know what everybody else knows. Joseph Hastings is doing a phenomenal job. He's covering great. everything from every angle. Uh, Total you know, pro. He's a pro. Absolutely. You know, getting our take immediately when they get a commitment. Hey, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? I want to get y'all's takes, be able to share that to, to people. Going to, you know, Charles Powers, getting his take, you know, seeing what he thinks. I think he gives great insight. You know, we've been talking about, you know, Brayson Hubbard and viewing him as a safety only and how he thinks it's going to help his rankings. Just Joseph is doing a phenomenal job of getting everything covered that you would need covered. And if you want to know about a guy, if you're unfamiliar, he's going to find you the information you need. He's going to tell you how it happened, why it happened, and everything in between. So certainly keep up with the Alabama message board, the Bama on three message boards, and stay tuned for you know more episodes coming up. Next, probably next week, we're going to be starting our position previews and how we're going to do it is it's going to be a couple of days a week. We're going to do one offensive position and one defensive position each week leading up to uh, the, well, really it'll probably get into fall camp about a week, but we'll make sure to have everything covered for you guys. We got SEC media days coming up. Jimmy, we're, 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 we're pretty much here. You know, it's time to start cranking things back up. The podcast is going to become a lot more consistent starting next month, starting with those position previews. We'll be sprinkling in some other news and stuff. So expect, you know, uh, two, at least two, maybe sometimes three, uh episodes per week and and we'll continue to get this ball rolling but jimmy once again i appreciate you hopping on here with me brother this was fun yeah thanks man it was it's always fun and uh there's more to come absolutely this has been the bam on three show and i'm your host clint lamb with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.